Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the stone's throw from the English Channel. Um, we're here keeping the vibration going. Really good to be back with you again. We hope you're all sound and safe and well and happy, at least while we're hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam together. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Bhagavatam as well as anything I've heard. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnadya Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Paribartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshak Shadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguru Man Mahadana Manistaragamadbhagya Mad Anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Saduta Dayin Adini Chojita Kada Hanamunchagadajin Mam Premna Rit Kantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Hare Krishna. So we've reached the third canto, second chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Remembrance of Lord Krishna. Uh, Vidura, who has <clears throat> left the palace and gone on pilgrimage to all the holy places, came to Mathura and there he met Uddhava. <clears throat> this is after Krishna has, had left. And they're talking, and it's just about time for Uddhava to remember Lord Krishna. Beginning with text 5, 
Chapter 2. It was so observed by Vidura that Uddhava had all the transcendental bodily changes due to total ecstasy and he was trying to wipe away tears of separation from his eyes. Thus Vidura could understand that Uddhava had completely assimilated extensive love for the Lord. Purport The symptoms of the highest order of devotional life were observed by Vidura, an experienced devotee of the Lord, and he confirmed Uddhava's perfectional stage of love of Godhead. Ecstatic bodily changes are manifested from the spiritual plane and are not artificial expressions developed by practice. There are three different stages of development in devotional service. The first stage <clears throat> is that of following the regulative principles prescribed in the codes of devotional service. The second stage is that of assimilation and realization of the steady condition of devotional service. And the last stage is that of ecstasy symptomized by transcendental bodily expression. The nine different modes of devotional service, such as hearing, chanting, and remembering, are the beginning of the process. By regularly hearing, uh, by regular hearing of the glories and pastimes of the Lord, the impurities in the student's heart begin to be washed off. The more one is cleansed of impurities, the more one becomes fixed in devotional service. Gradually, the activities take the forms of steadiness, firm faith, taste, realization, and assimilation, one after another. These different stages of gradual development increase love of God to the highest stage. And in the highest stage, there are still more symptoms, such as affection, anger, and attachment, gradually rising in exceptional cases to the Mahabhava stage, which is generally not possible for the living entities. All these were manifested by Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the personification of love of God. In the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu by Srila Rupa Goswami, the chief disciple of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, these transcendental symptoms displayed by pure devotees like Uddhava are systematically described. We have written a summary study of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu entitled The Nectar of Devotion and one may consult this book for more detailed information on the science of devotional service. Text 6 The great devotee Uddhava soon came back from the abode of the Lord to the human plane and wiping his eyes, he awakened his reminiscence of the past and spoke to Vidura in a pleasing voice, mood. Purport When Uddhava was fully absorbed in the transcendental ecstasy of love of God, 
he actually forgot all about the external world. The pure devotee lives constantly in the abode of the Supreme Lord, even in the present body, which apparently belongs to this world. The pure devotee is not exactly on the bodily plane, since he is absorbed in the transcendental thought of the Supreme. When Uddhava wanted to speak to Vidura, he came down from the abode of the Lord, Dwarka, to the material plane of human beings. Even though a pure devotee is present on this mortal planet, he is here in relation to the Lord for engagement in transcendental loving service and not for any material cause. A living entity can live either on the material plane or on the transcendental abode of the Lord in accordance with his existential condition. The conditional stages of the living entity are explained in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the instructions given to Srila Rupa Goswami to Lord Sri Chaitanya. The living entities all over the universes are enjoying the effects of the respective fruitive results of their own work, life after life. Out of all of them, some may be influenced by the association of pure devotees and thus get the chance to execute devotional service by attainment of taste. This taste is the seed of devotional service and one who is fortunate enough to have received such a seed is advised to sow it in the core of his heart. As one cultivates a seed by pouring water to fructify it, the seed of devotional service sown in the heart of the devotee may be cultured by pouring water in the form of hearing and chanting of the holy name and pastimes of the Lord. The creeper of devotional service so nourished gradually grows and the devotee, acting as a gardener, goes on pouring the water of constant hearing and chanting. The creeper of devotional service gradually grows so high that it passes through the entire material universe and enters into the spiritual sky, growing still higher and higher until it reaches the planet Goloka Vrindavan. The devotee gardener is in touch with the abode of the Lord, even from the material plane, by dint of performing devotional service to the Lord simply by hearing and chanting. As a, creeper takes shelter, as a creeper takes shelter of another stronger tree, similarly, the creeper of devotional service, nourished by the devotee, takes shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord and thus becomes fixed. When the creeper is fixed, then the fruit of the creeper comes into existence and the gardener who nourished it is able to enjoy this fruit of love and his life becomes successful. End quote. That Uddhava attained this stage is evident from his dealings. He could simultaneously reach the supreme planet and still appear in this world. Text 7 Sri Uddhava said, My dear Vidura, the son of the world, Lord Krishna, 
has set and our house has now been swallowed by the great snake of time. What can I say to you about our welfare? Purport The disappearance of the Krishna's son may be explained as follows. According to the commentary of Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Vidura was stuck, was struck with great sorrow when he got the hint of the annihilation of the great Yadu dynasty, as well of his as well of his as well of his own family, the Kuru dynasty. Uddhava could understand the grief of Vidura, and therefore he first of all wanted to sympathize with him by saying that after the sunset, everyone is in darkness. Since the entire world was merged in the darkness of grief, neither Vidura nor Uddhava nor anyone else could be happy. Uddhava was as much aggrieved as Vidura, and there was nothing further to be said about their welfare. The comparison of Krishna to the sun is very appropriate. As soon as the sun sets, darkness automatically appears. But the darkness experienced by the common man does not affect the sun itself, either at the time of sunrise or of sunset. Lord Krishna's appearance and disappearance are exactly like that of the sun. He appears and disappears in innumerable universes, and as long as he is present in a particular universe, there is all transcendental light in that universe. But the universe from which he passes away is put into darkness. His pastimes, however, are everlasting. The Lord is always present in some universe, just as the sun is present in either the eastern or the western hemisphere. The sun is always present either in India or in America, but when the sun is present in India, the American land is in darkness, and when the sun is present in America, the Indian hemisphere is in darkness. As the sun appears in the morning and gradually rises to the meridian, and then again sets in one hemisphere, while simultaneously rising in another, so Lord Krishna's disappearance in one universe and the beginning of his different pastimes in another take place simultaneously. As soon as one pastime is finished here, it is manifested in another universe. And thus, his nitya-lila, or eternal pastimes, are going on without ending. As the sunrise takes place once in 24 hours, similarly, the pastimes of Lord Krishna take place in a universe once in a daytime of Brahma, the account of which is given in the Bhagavad Gita, as four million, four billion, three hundred million solar years. But wherever the Lord is present, all His different pastimes are described in the revealed scriptures, take place at regular intervals. I think that should be six billion. Once in every twenty-four hours. 
Ja. As at sunset the snakes become powerful, thieves are encouraged, ghosts become active, the lotus becomes disfigured, and the chakravaki <clears throat> laments. So with the disappearance of Lord Krishna, the atheists, the atheists feel enlivened and the devotees become sorry. Text 8 <clears throat> This universe with all its planets is most unfortunate and even more unfortunate are the members of the Yadu dynasty because they could not identify Lord Hari as the personality of Godhead any more than the fish could identify the moon. Purport Uddhava lamented for the unfortunate persons of the world who could not recognize Lord Sri Krishna, in spite of seeing all his transcendental godly qualities. From the very beginning of his appearance within the prison bars of King Kangsa up to his Maushala Leela, although he exhibited his potencies as the personality of Godhead in the six opulences of wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation, the foolish persons of the world could not understand that he was the Supreme Lord. Foolish persons might have thought him an extraordinary historic figure because they had no intimate touch with the Lord. But more unfortunate were the family members of the Lord, the members of the Yadu dynasty, who were always in company with the Lord but were unable to recognize him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uddhava lamented his own misfortune. <clears throat> Uddhava lamented his own misfortune also because although he knew Krishna to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he could not properly use the opportunity to render devotional service to the Lord. He regretted everyone's misfortune including his own. The pure devotee of the Lord thinks himself most unfortunate. That is due to excessive love for the Lord and is one of the transcendental perceptions of viraha, the suffering of separation. It is learned from the revealed scriptures that the moon was born from the milk ocean. There is a milk ocean in the upper planets and there Lord Vishnu who controls the heart of every living being as Paramatma, the Supersoul, resides as the Chirodakashayi Vishnu. Those who do not believe in the existence of the ocean of milk because they have experience of only the saltwater ocean should know that the world is also called Go, which, which, which means cow. The urine of a, a cow is salty, and according to Ayurvedic medicine, the cow's urine is very effective in treating patients suffering from liver trouble. Such patients may not have any experience 
of cow's milk because milk is never given to liver patients. But the liver patient may know that the cow has milk also, although he has never tasted it. Similarly, men who have experience only of this tiny planet where the saltwater ocean exists may take information from revealed scriptures that there is an ocean of milk, although we have never seen it. From this ocean of milk, from this ocean of milk, the moon was born, but the fish in the milk ocean could not recognize that the moon was not another fish and was different from them. The fish took the moon to be one of them, or maybe something illuminating, but nothing more. The unfortunate persons who do not recognize Lord Krishna are like such fish. They take him to be one of them, although a little extraordinary in opulence, strength, etc. The Bhagavad Gita 9.11 confirms such foolish persons to be the most unfortunate. Avajanantimam mudha manushim tanamashritam Text 9 the Yadus were all experienced devotees, learned and expert in psychic study. Over and above this, they were always with the Lord in all kinds of relaxations, and still they were able to know Him only as the One Supreme who dwells everywhere. Purport In the Vedas it is said that the Supreme Lord or the Paramatma cannot be understood simply by the strength of one's erudition or power of mental speculation. Nayam atma prapachalena blabhyo namedaya na bahuna shutena Kata Upanishad 1.2.23 He can be known only by one who has the mercy of the Lord. The Yadavas were all exceptionally learned and experienced, but in spite of their knowing the Lord as the one who lives in everyone's heart, they could not understand that He is the original personality of Godhead. This lack of knowledge was not due to their insufficient erudition, it was due to their misfortune. In Vrindavan, however, the Lord was not even known as the Paramatma, because the residents of Vrindavan were pure, unconventional devotees of the Lord and could think of Him only as their object of love. They did not know that He is the Personality of Godhead. The Yadus or the residents of Dwarka, however, could know Lord Krishna as Vasudeva or the Super-Soul living everywhere, but not as the Supreme Lord. As scholars of the Vedas, they verified the Vedic hymns, Eko Deva Sarvabhuta Dvisaha Dvivasa Antaryami and Vishninam Paradevata. The Yadus, therefore, accepted Lord Krishna as the Super Soul incarnated in their family and not more than that. Text 10. Under no circumstances can the words of persons bewildered by the illusory energy of the Lord deviate the intelligence of those who are completely surrendered souls.
purport. Lord Sri Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead according to all the evidences of the Vedas. He is, he is accepted by he is accepted by all acharyas, including Sripada Shankaracharya. But when he was present in the world, different classes of men accepted him differently, and therefore their calculations of the Lord were also different. Generally, persons who had faith in the revealed scriptures accepted the Lord as he is, and all of them merged into great bereavement when the Lord disappeared from the world. In the first canto, we have already discussed the lamentation of Arjuna and Yudhishthira, to whom the disappearance of Lord Krishna was almost intolerable up to the end of their lives. The Yadavas were only partially cognizant of the Lord, but they are also glorious because they had the opportunity to associate with the Lord, who acted as the head of their family, and they also rendered the Lord intimate service. The Yadavas and other devotees of the Lord are different from those who wrongly calculated Him to be an ordinary human personality. Such persons are certainly bewildered by the illusory energy. They are hellish and are envious of the Supreme Lord. The illusory energy acts very powerfully on them because in spite of their elevated mundane education, such persons are faithless and are infected by the mentality of atheism. They are always very eager to establish that Lord Krishna was an ordinary man who was killed by a hunter due to his many impious acts in plotting to kill, to kill the sons of Dhritarashtra and Jarasandha, the demoniac kings of the earth. Such persons have no faith in the statement of the Bhagavad Gita that the Lord is unaffected by the reactions of work. Namang Karmani Limpanti, Bhagavad Gita 4.14 According to the atheistic point of view, Lord Krishna's family, the Yadu dynasty, was vanquished due to being cursed by the Brahmanas for the sins committed by Krishna in killing the sons of Dhritarashtra, etc. All these blasphemies do not touch the heart of the devotees of the Lord, because they know perfectly well what is what. Their intelligence regarding the Lord is never disturbed, but those who are disturbed by the statements of the Asuras are also condemned. That is what Uddhava meant in this verse. Text 11 Lord Sri Krishna, who manifested his eternal form before the vision of all on the earth, performed his disappearance by removing his form from the sight of those who were unable to see him as he is, due to not executing required penance. Purport In this verse, the word Avitripta Drisham is most significant. The conditioned souls in the material world 
are all trying to satisfy their senses in various ways, but they have failed to do so because it is impossible to be satisfied by such efforts. The, the example of the fish on land is very appropriate. If one takes a fish from the water and put it, puts it on the land, he cannot be made happy by any amount of offered pleasure. The spirit soul can be happy only in the association of the Supreme Living Being, the Personality of Godhead, and nowhere else. The Lord, by His unlimited causeless mercy, has innumerable Vaikuntha planets in the Brahma Jyoti sphere of the spiritual world. And in that transcendental world, there is an unlimited arrangement for the unlimited pleasure of the living entities. The Lord Himself comes to display His transcendental pastimes, typically represented at, at Vrindavan, Mathura, and Dwaraka. He appears just to attract the conditioned souls back to Godhead, back home to the eternal world. But for want of sufficient piety, the onlookers are not attracted by such pastimes of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that only those who have completely surpassed the way of sinful reaction can engage themselves in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. The entire Vedic way of ritualistic performances is to put every conditioned soul on the path of piety. By strict adherence to the prescribed principles for all orders of social life, one can attain the qualities of truthfulness, control of the mind, control of the senses, forbearance, and so on, and can be elevated to the plane of rendering pure devotional service to the Lord. Only by such a transcendental vision are one's material hankerings fully satisfied. When the Lord was present, <clears throat> persons who were able to satisfy their material hankerings by seeing Him in true perspective were thus able to go back with Him to His kingdom. But those persons who were unable to see the Lord as He is remained attached to material hankerings and were not able to go back home, back to Godhead. When the Lord passed beyond the vision of all, He did so in His original eternal form, as stated in this verse. The Lord left in His own body. He did not leave His body, as is generally misunderstood by the conditioned souls. This statement defeats the false propaganda of the faithless non-devotees that the Lord passed away like an ordinary conditioned soul. The Lord appeared in order to release the world from the undue burden of non-believing asuras and after doing this He disappeared from the world's eyes. Text 12 The Lord appeared in the mortal world by His internal potency, Yogamaya. <clears throat> he came in His eternal form, which is just suitable for His pastimes. These pastimes were wonderful for everyone, even for those proud of their own opulence, including the Lord Himself in His form as the Lord of Vaikuntha. 
Thus his, Sri Krishna's, transcendental body is the ornament of all ornaments. Purport. In conformity with the Vedic hymns, Nityo Nityanam Chitanas Chitananam Katupanishad 2.2.13 The personality of Godhead is more excellent than all other living beings within all the universes in the material world. He is the chief of all living entities. No one can surpass him or be equal to him in wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge or renunciation. When Lord Krishna was within this universe, he seemed to be a human being because he appeared in a manner just suitable for his pastimes in the mortal world. He did not appear in human society in his Vaikuntha feature with four hands because he would not have been suit that would not have been suitable for his pastimes. But in spite of his appearing as a human being, no one was, was, no one was or is equal to him in any respect in any of the six different opulences. Everyone is more or less proud of his opulence in this world. But when Lord Krishna was in human society, he excelled all his contemporaries within the universe. When the Lord's pastimes are visible to the human eye, they are called prakata. And when they are not visible, they are called aprakata. In fact, the Lord's pastimes never stop, just as the sun never leaves the sky. The sun is always in its right orbit in the sky, but it is sometimes visible and sometimes invisible to our limited vision. Similarly, the pastimes of the Lord are always current in one universe or another. And when Lord Krishna disappeared from the transcendental abode of Dwaraka, it was simply a disappearance from the eyes of the people there. It should not be misunderstood that his transcendental body, which is just suitable for the pastimes in the mortal world, is in any way inferior to his different expansions in the Vaikuntha Lokas. His body manifested in the material world is transcendental par excellence in the sense that his pastimes in the mortal world excel his mercy displayed in the Vaikuntha Lokas. In the Vaikuntha Lokas, the Lord is merciful toward the liberated or nityamukta living entities. But in his pastimes in the mortal world, he is merciful even to the fallen souls who are nityabada or conditioned forever. The six excellent opulences which he displayed in the mortal world by the agency of his internal potency, Yogamaya, are rare even in the Vaikuntha Lokas. All his pastimes were manifested not only not by the material energy, but by his spiritual energy. The excellence of his Rasalila at Vrindavan and his householder life with 16,000 wives is wonderful even for Narayana in Vaikuntha and is certainly so for other living entities within this mortal world. His pastimes are wonderful even for other incarnations of the Lord such as Sri Rama, Nishinga and Varaha. 
His opulence was so super excellent that his pastimes were adored even by the land, even by the Lord of Vaikuntha, who was not different from Lord Krishna himself. Hare Krishna. That brings us to 8 o'clock, believe it or not. Hare Krishna. So we'll end our reading tonight and we'll start tomorrow with text 13. Hare Krishna. Yes, Sudevi Dasi, my dear God sister. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Well, Hare Krishna to you too. And from Vrajaloka? Yes, Vrajaloka. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Thank you so much for watering our creepers of devotion day after day. All glories to your daily readings. Well, thank you very much. It's my pleasure, actually. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj, tonight I am at the Beyond Ecstatic Amsterdam Kirtan Mela. <laughs> I offer you my respectful obeisances and wish you a wonderful daily reading. Well, thank you very much, and I wish you a wonderful, ecstatic Harinam. Kirtan Mela. Hare Krishna. And from Christopher. Bhakti yes, Bhakti Christopher. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj and assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. I really appreciate this point about being a gardener attending to the Bhakti creeper. The creeper vine of spiritual devotion is an amazing idea. As a gardener, this point is close to my heart. Everything I sow in my garden is grown for the pleasure of Krishna. When I garden with this intent, all things work out perfectly. Yes. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada, all glories to your wonderful reading. Jai, and all glories to your devotional service in uh, watering your garden of devotion by hearing regularly every day and also putting water on your garden and getting the fruits and offering them to Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. Thanks a lot for reading, Maharaj. I was interested to hear about the process of satisfying one's material hankerings. From what I understood, by following our prescribed duties strictly, we eventually come to the stage of rendering pure devotional service, and with such vision, one's material hankerings are satisfied. Is it the case that we must ignore our different hankerings at the early stages of bhakti and engage in trying to serve and please Krishna, and the hankerings will be satisfied? Uh, yes, but the Varnashram system prescribed by the Vedas is for persons who can't do that yet. See, the purpose of the Varnashram system is only to make the world 
pious. Yesham twantagatam papam jananam punya karmanam te dvandva mohunir mukta bhajantemam dridavrataha. It's not possible to perform uh, devotional service dridavrataha with great determination uh, and intensity uh, and less, as long as one is still sinning. So the rules and regulations of Varnam system are not pure devotional service but they purify the body and the mind and the heart uh, and make it uh, and make the soul make it make it possible is the word for the soul to taste uh, Krishna's pastimes and Krishna's holy name and Krishna's devote, pure devotional service. Uh, so they're all linked together uh, and anyone who's in the Varnashram system or who is in the beginning stages of spiritual life uh, are making progress. This is what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, but it's not mechanical as we heard tonight and as we hear practically every day from Śrīla Prabhupāda. It's not that a lot of pious activity or a lot of hearing even, uh, a lot of austerities, a lot of charity, and whatever we do to become pious, it's not that those things can reveal Krishna to us. It can only be revealed when Krishna chooses us. And He only chooses those who have continued with that process of purification to the point where they become attached to Him. Krishna is attached to those who are attached to Him. And He's neutral and responds nicely, perfectly, supremely with everyone. But if someone wants to forget Him, then He gives them the, the forgetfulness. If they want to live in the material world and live opulently and at the same time remember Him, He gives them that facility. So really, everything is based on the desire of the, of the conditioned soul. When the soul's pure desire comes out, then Krishna chooses the person and then he can go back and be with Krishna in the spiritual world and live eternally in blissful knowledge. Hare Krishna. Krishna will fulfill those desires if we have material desires, but he won't do so if those material fulfilling those material desires will cause the living entity to keep coming back for more and more material desires with with more and more material desires. And therefore, sometimes if he really favors the devotee, he will take everything away from the devotee materially, so that there's no other refuge but Him, Hare Krishna. From Gemma? Yes, Gemma. She says, thank you again for our daily sunshine, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. 
<laughs> Hare Krishna. I'm just reflecting the effulgence of this Bhagavatam. That's all. Hare Krishna. is creating a revolution over there. Hare Krishna. Daichari Hari, we've just been waiting for you. Um, Bhakti Rupa says thank you, Maharaj. Bhakti Rupa, the pleasure is all mine. Okay, this is Daichari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for tonight's reading. In the purport to text 5 and 6, we heard a lot of detail about the science of devotional service as explained by Lord Chaitanya to Rupa and Sanatana Goswami. Mm. It's interesting how so many of Prabhupada's purports explain the verses through the medium of the teachings of Lord Chaitanya. Mm. I heard from the Chaitanya Bhagavat translation by Bhakti Siddhanta that Lord Chaitanya gives us specific knowledge of the process of devotional service that even Vyasadeva and Shukadeva Goswami didn't reveal explicitly. It's nice to see that that's how Prabhupada is presenting these purports. Through yes, Prabhupada is so loyal to the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he came to explain to us uh, or give us uh, pure love for Krishna. And he only he does that. And Krishna can do it, but he requires certain things first but in, in his form of Lord Chaitanya he just it, he's overwhelmed with, with Radharani's mercy and compassion and therefore he just delivers the love of God just by his own presence and by the presence of this Harinam Kirtan that uh, Rati Manjari is speaking from in ecstasy <laughs> uh, Yes, Lord Chaitanya's mercy is extraordinary. Namo Mahavaranyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gora Namaha He's the most munificent form of Krishna because he's giving away with freely which no one other incarnation of Krishna not even Krishna himself has given away freely. Pure love of God. Hare Krishna. From Prajaloka? Yes, Prajaloka. 
I was puzzled by what we read in the purport of verse 11, that only those who have completely transcended the sinful reactions can perform the transcendental loving service of the Lord. I feel great gratitude to Srila Prabhupada that even though we are full of sins and sinful reactions, he has given us the opportunity to connect with the devotional service of the Lord and has given us the opportunity to thereby become purified and learn to properly see Krishna and love Him. Yes, that's because the activities that Lord Chaitanya preached and that Rupa Goswami elaborated upon uh, are pure. Even if we're not pure, these activities are pure. So sadhana bhakti means to perform the activities of, of pure devotional service with our present senses, even though they're not pure. So bhakti is bhakti. Sadhana bhakti is bhakti, just as, as Brahma bhakti is bhakti, just as Prema bhakti is bhakti. But we are revealed, more of it is revealed to us as we purify our senses by acting in sadhana bhakti. And in that sadhana bhakti, you know, we must follow strictly the rules and regulations given to us by our previous acharyas, especially in our movement, where Srila Prabhupada is the founder acharya, these four regulated principles and minimum of, minimum of 16 rounds with the attempt, with the sincere attempt to avoid the offenses that are described in Prabhupada's purports will take us there. As soon as Krishna sees that we're trustworthy, as soon as he sees that we're fixed, that we're not going to just, you know, be, we want to be with him for some time and then leave him, he will deliver him, he will reveal himself to us. Then we can perform actual pure devotional service. Meaning, not just the activities with our body of, of devotional service, but pure devotional service in the presence of Krishna. With our spiritual senses. And we heard just during this reading how Uddhava was so advanced that he actually entered into Dwarka in the spiritual world while he was talking to Vidura. When Vidura was asking the questions of how his family members were. And then when he came down from that came out of that trance then he was still in the world so this is the practical example of how a devotee can be in this world and, and still be uh, in the spiritual world but that is a very as, as we heard in the purports it's a very rare stage and we should never try to imitate that stage or try to you know pretend like we are on that stage when we're not therefore Srila Prabhupada gave us this wonderful service of spreading Krishna consciousness 
of speaking and organizing ourselves in such a way that we can reach uh, as many conditioned souls as possible and try to remind them of their eternal relationship with Krishna. And that requires realizing or learning who Krishna is, who we are, and who Krishna is, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And we have to go through that stage of serving Krishna with love, awe, and reverence, and all due respect before we become capable of awaiting our, awakening our individual personal relationship with Krishna and serving Him face to face. It's the rarest jewel, it's the rarest gift, it's the, it's the as Prabhupada said, the matchless gift. But it is achievable when Krishna chooses us. And He will choose us when we actually become purified and fully surrendered without any other thought than how to please Him and spread this movement. Hare Krishna. But even in the beginning stages, even before, before we come to that stage, we taste something so sublime and so sweet just when we're chanting, especially when we're chanting in public or when preaching to, to devotees or uh, especially to conditioned souls who have not come to devotional service uh, that pleases Krishna so much that we get his attention and eventually he chooses us and takes us back to him Hare Krishna Roger Lopez says thank you so much for your wonderful explanation Hare Krishna I'm just repeating what we just heard <laughs> And Gemma commented, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. Mm. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. You remember when Dhruva, at five years old, became very upset with his, his stepmother who insulted him and went to his, his own mother, his real mother. She said, I, what can I do? My, my, your father is more attached to her than to me. What can I do? And he said, he said well, well how, can I, how can I get a, you know, a kingdom greater than my father's and greater than my grandfather's? You know? He was shooting for the moon. And he says, well, I've heard that, that people go to the forest and they find God there. So Dhruva immediately, five years old, pure Chatriya spirit, he was going to get a kingdom greater than his father's. And he went with that motive. And he chanted, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, given to him by Narada Muni. And then he saw Krishna face to face. And he said, I was looking for some bits of broken glass, these material desires I had but I, I, I gained the, the real jewel, the real gem, the most valuable gem, your darshan. So this is the proof. 
that even if we approach Krishna with material desires, as Dhruva did, very intense material desires, if we if we behave properly and Krishna chooses us, we can see him face to face. The full conviction that that the full faith that we, that we will get that opportunity by this process that Prabhupada gave us is the is the currency by which we purchase the Lord. Hare Krishna. Is that us or upstairs? Can you tell? Okay, what can I say? I'm overwhelmed with gratitude to all of you for your appreciation uh, and your participation in making uh, th these daily readings what they are, especially reflection sections section. Uh, so I thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Samabeda Bhakta Binda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place. Same topic as Uddhava continues to express his affection and separation from Krishna. Hare Krishna.